Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I have an exciting topic for you because so many of you have asked me about using your cat in pet therapy. And so I have the experts on today to tell you all about that. But before we welcome them to the show, I want to do our bonding tip of the week, sponsored by Vitacraft. And this week's bonding tip is be a good time cat parent. And by that, I mean, when you're around your cat, make sure that only good things happen, not bad things. And, you know, you think about punishing your cat when they're misbehaving or something kind of goes wrong. You know, you don't want to punish your cat. You want to just ignore those behaviors you don't want to see and pay attention to the ones that you do. So if something goes wrong, just don't give your cat grief. Reinforce the good things. And one way to do that is to have a good time with your cat all the time. So some things that I do, like I'll stick toys in my pocket as I'm walking through the house. And when I see Pico, I'll toss a ball or crinkle a ball and and toss it and things like that. I'll get out the pray play wand and try to get him enticed because they think that's lots of fun. I'll carry treats with me and do treat toss and then do some clicker training and things like that. Make sure that everything that happens between you and your cat is fun in his mind, right? Because anytime your cat thinks there's something in it for him, it's a good time. And when he's having a good time, you're bonding. So be a good time cat parent. Now let's jump into this week's episode on pet therapy. And with us today is Tracy Pryor. She's the chief development officer for Pet Partners. And she's um, responsible for national signature fundraising and awareness events for pet partners, including the world's largest pet walk and National Therapy Animal Day. And we'll talk a little bit more about those later in the show. And we also have with us today, Cindy Kiefer. And she's a volunteer with Pet Partners. She's actually a hander, handler and evaluator and instructor for Pet Partners. She's a licensed clinical therapist social worker in Illinois and Indiana, and a certified professional practitioner of animal-assisted plate therapy. So I'm excited to have you ladies on the show. Welcome today. Thank you, Molly. We're so excited to be here. Yes, thank you, Molly. Absolutely. Well, tell us, Tracy, start out by telling us a little bit about the mission of Pet Partners. What is it that, that Pet Partners does? Yeah, so Pet Partners is a national nonprofit organization, and our mission is to improve human health and well-being through the human-animal bond. So that's that really mutually beneficial relationship. We know that it improves our physical, our social, and our emotional lives. And so we have thousands of volunteer therapy animal teams that are making millions of visits each year in support of that mission. So a therapy animal team is a human handler. And then at the other end of the leash, there's that therapy animal and they're working together to visit 
in our community, you know, working to visit hospitals, nursing homes, schools, hospice, veteran centers, anywhere where someone could really benefit from that unconditional love that animals bring to our lives. That's awesome. And and are there particular communities that, that you guys work in? Or like, let's say somebody's living in a small town and, you know, there's there's not anybody with pet partners already doing it. Do you help them get established with centers and get them set up for places to go? Yeah. So we try to make that connection between our incredibly passionate and dedicated volunteer handlers and the facilities and communities that are seeking visits. So on our website, for instance, if you are, you know, Cindy is a handler, she's looking for a place to visit. She can put her zip code in and she can see anywhere there's been a request, you know, where they're seeking these visits and it's typically in a facility type setting. So it may be in it's at any age in life. So it may be children who are facing literacy challenges. We have our read with me program. Because, you know, kids relax and are excited to read to an animal where they may be a little nervous reading to a teacher or to a parent. Yeah. Um, all the way up to, you know, folks that may be facing a health challenge. They're in the hospital. They're missing their own beloved family pets. And they could really use that comfort and joy that is provided by these visits. We'll also work with facilities and communities to help with expansion and outreach to help recruit handlers, Um, because sometimes people just don't know that this is an opportunity, particularly with some of the less common species of therapy animals like cats. We're always trying to educate the public and let them know um, the possibilities to not only volunteer to make your community better, but to do it with your pet. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. And, you know, and I've had some personal experience in this arena. I used to do pet therapy in Dallas, Texas at a nursing home. And we took puppies and kittens and I took my personal cat to this nursing home and a man with a miniature horse joined us. And, and he he would bring his miniature horse and that was lots of fun. And, uh, and we would take pictures. I, I was using Polaroid pictures so that the the residents could have pictures of themselves with the animals. And I went in one day and this lady says to me, she says, well, my family thought I was crazy. She says, you know, and I know I'm, I'm getting older and I have dementia, but I was telling them this little tiny horse was visiting me. She said, I was so glad you gave me that picture so I could prove to them I wasn't crazy. <laughs> Yes, some of those mini horses in our program, they're about the size of a large dog and um, they're just adorable. But over 90% of our therapy animals are dogs, but we also register, as I mentioned, cats and equines like these mini horses or um, donkeys, um, rabbits, guinea pigs, lots of different animals. So yes, yeah, sometimes yeah. people, they're just so excited to see one of these less common animals walk into um, their room for a visit. It really um, gets folks excited. Yeah, it does. And I was reading that list of, of species that you register and I was, well, first of all, I was amazed that you register cats because you know, I, I really hadn't found an organization that did that. You know, there were lots of dog registrations, but but not cats, but also birds. And like you said, pigs and llamas and alpacas and rabbits and rats and, and guinea pigs. What fun. So just about everybody and their pet can get involved. Yes, and we're what, a very inclusive program. Cindy, have you evaluated some of these other animals? Yeah, what's it like <laughs> to evaluate them? <laughs> yes. So I have had the honor to evaluate uh, cats and horses in addition to dogs. I have not evaluated any of the other species, but I'm always open 
to doing so. And I was looking at the criteria. All right. So for, and and I might have just made note of the cat criteria, but it was that cat has to be at least one years old, lived in its home for six months, house trained, current on rabies vaccination, not fed a raw meat diet. And of course, no history of aggression and, you know, friendly and interactive with, with strangers. So how do you assess these animals? Cindy, I'm assuming you're doing that virtually long distance, right? Um, no, they are conducted in person and I schedule evaluations typically monthly or every other month with the holiday season kind of um, uh, just often limbo land because of people's needs at that time for traveling. But the evaluation itself takes about 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, it is, like I said, in person. We spend a lot of time. Well, I want first, I want the team to feel comfortable. So I give them a chance to get used to the room, uh, let them walk around while I review any of the paperwork that they've brought in, or if they've emailed it to me ahead of time, I get a chance to review it. And then we simulate what a visit might look like, including the cat being petted, being in a crowd. There will be people utilizing durable medical equipment, such as wheelchairs, walkers. There might be some people even talking loudly just to see how the, the team would handle those situations. Hmm. And now you're doing it in person, but what if, so are you traveling to these areas or does someone have to travel to you or can someone get their pet registered a long distance? Currently uh, they would travel to me. I, I will travel if there's um, a group of people maybe looking for an evaluator and it's within, you know, a, a close distance to my home. Um, typically people do come to me though. I host evaluations pretty regularly, uh, either in the town that I live in, in Mount Carmel, Illinois, or in, uh, the kind of a suburb of Evansville, Indiana, uh, Fort Branch, Indiana is where I host a lot of evaluations. Molly, we have literally hundreds of these evaluators. They're all volunteers that have started out as handlers themselves and have had so many visits under their belt. And then they commit to also not only visit themselves, but then also help to bring aboard new teams. So we have these volunteer evaluators all across the country, even in some other countries internationally. And so if you're looking to kind of explore this process and want to see if Pet Partners is in your area, you can go to our website and put in your zip code and it'll let you know. There's also an online calendar of upcoming evaluations that folks can um, check out and see what might be a good fit for them close to them. You know, sometimes people have to drive a little ways um, and sometimes availability um, can fill up, you know, the, the evaluation slots or appointments that you make. Um, but we're working really hard right now to continue to offer these, particularly with COVID, um, you know, as these um, events were limited and um, it, it really slowed our ability down. Now we're starting to rebound. Our evaluators are, are very busy um, scheduling new opportunities for folks to come in in person uh, with their animals to start that process and to become registered with pet partners. That's great. And it, it is such a rewarding thing to do. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how much fun I had, 
you know, taking my cat into a nursing home on a regular basis. We would go do, you know, the third Saturday of every month and went to the same ward so that you get to build relationships with these people and on reoccurring visits. And it, it, it just made a huge difference. They looked forward to it and they would smile. And, and, you know, I also volunteer for a therapeutic writing center here in New Mexico and watching the same kind of thing happen when you put special needs children on horses and let them ride horses, you know, that that connection those animals make is so different than what we can do on our own. It's just amazing. There are amazing healing benefits of animals. I mean, we all experience it with our own family pets, um, animals we grew up with from our past. Even just thinking about them brings us smile to our face as we recall those happy memories. Um, But now there's a lot of research that really shows these animals heal. You know, they can lower our blood pressure. They can improve our mood. They can lessen our stress. A really big thing right now is this feeling of social isolation. You know, as folks were quarantining or gatherings were limited and opportunities to spend time with friends and family were limited, people started to feel isolated. Now, as we're starting to interact more and, um, you know, sometimes maybe there's a senior in a nursing home or a care facility and their only visitor that week might be a pet partners therapy animal team. They learn to look forward to it and are so excited when these animals come to visit. So you're exactly right. There's that there, there's an incredible power there to heal our heal our lives to to help us emotionally, physically, socially. Um, it's 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 truly very powerful. And um, you know, we work really hard at Pet Partners to make sure that you know there's there's the component of the humans and the human health and the benefits that we're working towards. But we also really want to make sure that the animals are not only you know tolerating this activity, this visit, um, but they're enjoying it. So a good therapy animal is going to have an affinity for interacting with people. They're social, they're comfortable with, with new people. They have a calm temperament and also, you know, reliable behaviors. We also really want these therapy animals to have a really strong bond with the human, their handler, Um, be able, we want that handler to be able to read and kind of interpret that animal's body language and make sure they're advocating for their animal as well. So, you know, it's, it's really important that connection um, that you mentioned is just very important. Um, And, you know, that animal's personality and the bond with the handler are really the most important elements for our program's success. And it, you know, one of the other things I noticed that that was made it easier, you know, when, when we would go visit the senior living centers and if you don't have a pet with you, Sometimes it's hard to just strike up conversations with people, you know, and you don't know and you don't know what to say and and it gets kind of awkward and there's all this, you know, meaningless small talk and things. But boy, when you show up with a pet, that makes that conversation starter so easy and it and it's such an icebreaker and it and it's just a, a wonderful connection you immediately have with someone. Yeah, and we hear stories all the time about facility staff or professionals there um, caring for the clients that are there. And they'll say, you know, we were so concerned because this particular person was so withdrawn, you know, not eager to interact, you know, it's just so quiet. It's very hard to draw them out. And they'll say, but you know what, when that animal came in to visit, we just saw like their, their eye contact, their, their face lit up, the engagement with the rest of the folks in the room just was measurably improved. So we know sometimes 
Um, even if we, we've had folks that, you know, maybe they, enter, they volunteer specifically with folks that might have Alzheimer's or dementia. And somebody will say, you know, don't expect much. My, my grandma hasn't, doesn't really talk that much or, you know, just please just let her pet your, your cat or, you know, spend a little time. And sometimes folks will, even family members will be amazed. Um, the person might start by petting the cat, um, but then we'll say, this reminds me of, and recall a memory, you know, mm-hmm. that we thought was fleeting, that wasn't going to be there anymore. And so there's that power there that just that, you know, maybe taking the time to, to stroke the animal's fur and have that connection um, can draw out memories and recall ha- happy times. Yeah, really does. Cindy, what are some of the, tell us about, and I'm sure our listeners that own cats, and I can think of a handful of people that I've specifically had conversations with that are probably tuning in right now that, that are going, oh, I've always wanted to do pet therapy with my cat. I think my cat would be really good at that. Tell us what what in your mind, other than just the, the minimal criteria there, what makes a good cat pet therapy person? Well, I am thinking of the three teams uh, that we have had in our group. One is retired and two are still active. And those cats just had this personality that drew people to them. Uh, They were truly interested in greeting people, being petted. You could tell that they were getting as much enjoyment out of it as the person was. And as Tracy said, that's extremely important to us at Pet Partners, but those animals sought out the the pets, the scratches. Um, They might lean into the the person. You can just tell that they're not shying away. You know, there's also the learning curve. I think for some people, their cats need just a little bit of a time to warm up. And I would notice that maybe when they first walked in, they needed that minute to warm up. And then the cats were feeling safe and comfortable in the setting and just welcomed everybody. They welcomed myself when I was conducting the evaluation. They welcomed the crowd as we were simulating some visits and what it might look like and feel like in a nursing home setting or hospital setting. And you could just tell that they wanted that attention. And I think that's the most important part is that they were getting enjoyment as well. Yeah. And that's, it's not every cat fits that description for sure. And they're such territorial creatures. Anytime we take them out of our home into a new place, you know, it does, it takes them a while to kind of get comfortable with strange surroundings and smells and scents and, and what's going on. And especially in, Mm -hmm. in some facilities, there are a lot of very strong odors and very different odors and sometimes a lot of cleaning chemicals and things like that 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 might not be as friendly for them and i i know it's it's hard finding cats that not every cat is going to be well suited for this i think is what i'm trying to say <laughs> definitely i tell people just um that are interested just as not every human wants to do this or understands why we want to do this the animals have that same emotion and feeling too. Not everybody wants to do this. And I think just respecting the animal's choices and maybe there's a certain place they do prefer to visit. Maybe 
reading at the library might be more of interest to them than being in a a nursing home setting or someplace uh, where there's a lot of activity. They might want everyone to be sitting down so they can go from person to person and feel safe. Uh, Again, I, I go back to feeling safe because I think that's really important for the animal to know that we've got their back, we're advocating for them, and that we're going to make sure they're safe. Yeah. And and I would imagine lots of treats make a good difference too, because I know, you know, cats. <laughs> yeah, treats are always welcome. <laughs> cats are the what's in it for me breed, you know. <laughs> if there's not something in it for them, they're they're like, well, why am I here? You know, <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I know we used to take uh, take cat treats to the nursing home and have have the residents toss the treats across the room and they would get the the biggest giggles out of watching the cats go sliding across the floor to chase the treats. <laughs> that was always fun. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a great time. So what does it cost? Now, Pet Partners is a is a nonprofit organization. And by the way, we haven't mentioned it yet, but their website is petpartners.org in case you're listening and sitting at your computer and Googling and putting in your zip code, it's petpartners.org. But what does it what does it cost um, for someone to become um, a, what would you call that? A handler, I guess. Yeah, registered the registered pet partners team is how we refer to it or a handler. Um, the first step of the process um, that requires a, a fee, there's a handler course. This um, oftentimes is taken online. There's also instructors like Cindy's an instructor where you can take it in person. Um, the same type of content and preparation. Um, to take the online handler course, it's $70. Um, this really prepares you, especially the human at the end of the, the end of the leash, um, to really understand all that goes into um, being an exceptional handler. So this is, you know, safety protocols, infection control, um, you know, confidentiality and sensitivities around where you might be visiting and just, you know, really to prepare you so that the visits are safe and effective and you're the best handler and advocate for your animal. Um, We also, once you, as, as Cindy mentioned, you know, once you've completed your handler course, there's also a form for your veterinarian to fill out to confirm that your animal is healthy enough to, to thrive being a therapy animal. Um, you can um, go for your in-person evaluation. That costs vary. Sometimes, you know, it might be $15 or $30, just depending on sometimes our evaluators incur costs by having to rent space to conduct the evaluations and things like that. Um, the, the expense to be become uh, registered with us. That's a two-year registration. Once you're registered with Pet Partners, um, you receive all the benefits of um, becoming a registered team. This would include our liability insurance coverage. That's it. That's required um, that's by huge. a lot of facilities, yes, um, to even be able to come in as a therapy animal team. Um, also, that connection I mentioned with facilities, our website, our online courses, and all of that education. So maybe you decide you want to uh, volunteer specifically with veterans or with people with dementia, or maybe you want to go after a crisis event. Uh, maybe there's a natural disaster or community tragedy in your area. We have education for um, all of these different types of therapy animal visits to really prepare you. A registration with pet partners, if you're a new team, it's usually $95. That's for a two-year registration. But we also have tons of different discounts. So 
you know, discount for if you're a senior, if you're in the military, if you're a minor, if you're a renewing team, I would encourage folks to go to petpartners.org. You can even just type in the search bar fees and that'll all pop up for you. Um, We also have tons of um, recorded webinars and live ones. But if someone's really excited to learn more, you can watch on our YouTube channel. It's called Volunteering with Your Pet. We even have one called Volunteering with Your Cat. If you specifically want to learn about um, volunteering with your cat, um, these recorded sessions really walk you through every step of the process, what to expect. Um, so I would encourage folks to, to check out our website, our YouTube channel. There's tons of resources. We also do Facebook Lives all the time um, where you can type in your specific questions in the chat and a therapy animal program staff person is there to answer them and, and walk you through that process. But to answer your question, the handler course is usually $70 and a registration can range anywhere from $50 to $95. And that's typically for a two-year period. We do advocate for the animal's welfare a lot, as both Cindy and I have mentioned. And so one of the, you know, kind of this the standard here, Pepperners is widely considered to be the gold standard of therapy animal programs for our policies, our procedures, for all of the um you know, support that we provide our teams. And one of the things we know is that as an animal ages, their temperament might change. And so we ask our folks to come back and reevaluate every two years um, to, to conduct that um, activity, really to assess how you are as a team, you know, not just the animal, not just the handler, but how you work together as a team. And so that happens every two years. Boy, and I think those fees are just actually very, very inexpensive. I I was expecting some zeros after that. (laughs) Yeah, we try really hard. And, you know, we that usually only covers a a small portion of the amount of investment that Pet Partners puts into recruiting our teams, preparing our teams, ensuring them um, and supporting them throughout their volunteer time with Pet Partners. So then we rely on donations and support to really offset that because we want we don't want the fees to be a barrier for folks to be able to participate and volunteer with their pets. We work really hard yeah. to generate other support so that we can keep those at a manageable level for folks. Yeah, and just I mean, just the liability insurance itself is I mean that's that's huge, and that that's a that's a really great. Great deal. So now, and when when you get registered, do they have do they have little vests or things like that that the cats wear? Yeah, when you register, another benefit is you'll get your your badge. So it's like a photo ID. You'll hang it typically from a lanyard around your neck, but it shows the facility that you're a team. It has your picture and your animal's picture on there. Um, you'll also get a special pet partner's medallion style tag that the animal can wear on their collar. Some of them wear bandanas, some wear vests. Um, a lot of times the handler will just work to see what the animal is most comfortable in. I've heard so many of our um, handlers say that the animal knows when you go and you pull out that bandana or you pull out that vest, they know <laughs> they're getting ready to go on a visit. They get very excited. They might go towards the door. Um, there's definitely an awareness. Some of them like to put their animals in a vest or a bandana because it dictates to the animal, I'm on a visit now, I'm, I'm working to visit, and I need to be attuned to my handler. Um, so they might, you know, it, this isn't playtime, this is their visit time. And so it, oftentimes, the animals will understand that. Um, but, you know, some say I mine just wears the pet partner's uh, medallion on its collar and likes to have um, all that for exposed. So it's really a choice. Um, that just goes into knowing you, your animal, and what they're most comfortable and what, you know, what they're going 
to enjoy the most when they're they're visiting. And now typically when you go out as a team, it's just the person and their pet. It's not multiple people and multiple pets going out to the same place together at the same time, right? Sometimes you may be at a facility that has a thriving therapy animal program and you might encounter another team. Um, that's what Cindy can speak to. Um, we have an exercise during our evaluation, which really kind of um, has that experience for them where they interact or, you know, are near what we call a neutral team, another already registered team to, to make sure if you are at a hospital um, that might have other therapy animal teams, uh, pet partners or other organizations even that are visiting at the time, um, that that doesn't provide too much stress or unpredictability as far as your animal. Yeah, I would think that's important, especially with the cats. You want to make sure they're not dog reactive or or that kind of thing or, or vice versa. <laughs> yeah, we always ask, you know, and we always say this to our facility partners, be as specific as possible when you're requesting a visit. You know, let us know um, where the team will be visiting, how many people might be there, what's the room going to look like, you know, because we want um, our handlers to be able to advocate and choose facilities that are the best fit for their animal. So you might say, oh my goodness, we went once to a kindergarten class. There were 25 five and six-year-olds. It was really a lot of energy. My animal was a little stressed. We found we enjoy more um, a quiet environment with one client at a time, you know, or it may be one that just says, oh my goodness, my animal just thrives off of that energy of youth. This is our fit. This is where we like to go. Um, so it's interesting because I think some of our more experienced handlers um, start to realize there are certain um, maybe settings or populations that they just feel like they're the most effective team when they're there. So yeah. that goes into it is really advocating. Um, we have an acronym called YAYABA, which is you are your animal's best advocate. And that's part of it, you know, really trying to determine um, where they're enjoying that visit, where um, you feel the most comfortable as a team. Sure, sure. Now we talked a little bit about about fundraising, and I want I want you to talk about your upcoming. Now, obviously, our podcasts are shelved, so a lot of people are going to be listening long after this happened. But Saturday, September twenty fourth, two thousand twenty two, is going to be the world's largest pet walk. Right? Tell us, tell us about that and how people can participate. Oh, yes. The World's Largest Pet Walk is so fun. And it's an annual event. So if you missed it this September, it'll come around again next year. Don't worry about that. But for this year, for 22, it's Saturday, September 24th. This is one of our national signature fundraising events. And just like I mentioned, funds raised for pet partners help to support our therapy animal program, help us to recruit handlers, support them, insure them, educate them so that we can keep those registration and um, course costs affordable for our teams. So we rely on generous donors and fundraisers. The World's Artist Pet Walk is a way for you to, it's a pet friendly event where you can go out, um, take a walk with your pets, um, with your family, with your neighbors, friends, colleagues. You really determine how far you want to walk. If you want to walk just you and your animal, if you want to walk with a group, 
if you want to go to a park or just stick around your neighborhood. It's really flexible, um, but we ask folks to register. Um, you can go to petpartners.org and um, the world's largest pet walk is there and you can sign up. There's no fee to participate, um, but you can if you uh, set up your individual fundraising page and want to generate support for this amazing um, nonprofit cause, you can do that. You can build your page, share your animal's photo, talk a little bit about why you want to support pet partners and therapy animals um, all across the country and in your community. And um, you can earn prizes. You know, if you raise $50, you can get a pet bandana, $100, you get your t-shirt. We do tons of different uh, prizes and uh, awards and, and celebrate our folks that are going out and walking. So it's a great way. Maybe you don't have an animal right now that's suitable for therapy animal work. So I have a Basset Hound Frisco, he's never going to be a therapy animal. But every year we um, <laughs> register for the world's largest pet walk and we go out. His legs are pretty short. So we typically just do a quick little walk around the block. Um, but we invite folks to participate and use it as an opportunity to educate folks about therapy animals and how they're really making our community better. So it's a ton of fun. Um, it can be a great um, family activity or employee engagement activity. And an exceptional and meaningful way to support pet partners. So it's a way to have a huge impact without a huge time commitment. And we encourage folks to participate. Our goal for this year is to raise $100,000 uh, for pet partners yeah. with the walk. So we're so excited about it. Cindy, you've done it before, haven't you? Yes, I have. And we're planning to do it again this year as well. Oh, that's great. Well, that's fun. Now, do you get a group of people together and all go do it together? Or how do you do that? Yes, we do typically get a group together this year. Um, a lot of our group that is most active has some other things to do. So what we're going to do is some virtual stuff wherever you're at, you know, show us your walking, send us a picture, send a video, um, and we're going to join each other that way. But we still will have the option for some local people to get together and participate in the world's largest pet walk as well. That sounds like fun. And I noticed on your website today, you've already raised $62,000. So that's very good. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. We're so grateful for our folks. They're so creative. We try to put tons of resources and templates and materials on the world's largest pet walk page um, to really support our walkers. You also get a walking bib that has a space where you can write in your pet's name and who you're walking with. And folks just share tons of photos, hashtag world's largest pet walk. So we can see them all, but you know, we have, and this is inclusive of all types of animals. So we'll see folks, you know, walking guinea pigs in strollers and, you know, walking along with their mini horse or walking their golden retrievers. It's just, it's so inclusive of any type of pet um, that folks have. And we love to see the photos and hear how folks are raising money. We've had, you know, schools that are participating. Maybe they have a therapy animal that comes and visits with our read with me program. And so they'll, the students will walk with the therapy animals that visit, or we've even had, you know, some of our facilities where the team will come out and lead the walk um, with some of the staff and uh, residents there. So it's just a really fun way to celebrate therapy animals, to celebrate pet partners and to raise these critical funds um, so that we're able to, I mean, our vision is really that anyone that you know, needs this visit that wants to benefit from a therapy animal visit can do that, you know? So we're trying to expand to be able to meet this need. There's an explosion of requests 
for visits all across the country. And so our job at Pet Partners is to really educate the public about this opportunity um, to hopefully be able to successfully recruit recruit more uh, teams that are safe and effective and prepared to do this really important work in their communities. Because we know um, that when folks are visited by these amazing animals, um, that it brightens their day. It may be, particularly folks that are facing challenges um, can feel better, can feel the benefit in a powerful way. So there is an impact there. So we try to involve as many folks as possible in supporting pet partners. So whether you, maybe you're just now starting to learn about the process of pet partners, you have some work to do, maybe some basic obedience work or really, you know, go through the process of becoming a handler, but you can start by supporting pet partners and participating in some of these events like the World's Largest Pet Walk. Yep, that's great. It sounds like fun. I'll be doing it with Pico. Oh, thank you, Molly. And you go, Wonderful. Pico. <laughs> Absolutely. He loves to go for walks with his vest. And of course, he he gets uh, lots and lots of, of interaction with people. They don't often see cats walking around on a harness and leash. So <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you for supporting us. Absolutely. Take a picture and send it our way. We want to. Uh, I will. I will. Absolutely. will do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else about pet partners that our listeners should know before we wrap up today? Just thank you for your interest. Please visit our website, petpartners.org. We also have a thriving social media um, following where you can, you know, we spotlight different teams. We talk about different places that they visit. So I encourage you to follow pet partners on, you know, Instagram or Facebook. Um, it's just so fun to see, um, these visits happening, um, to hear the benefit, to see the smiles. And so I would encourage you to just spend a little time um, checking out our website and our social media channels. Um, It'll really help to kind of um, provide a visual of what this really means. You know, sometimes folks are even confused about the difference between a service animal or a therapy animal. And so just kind of understanding therapy animals and their very special and distinct role in our communities. You know, we describe it as, as, as one animal visiting many, you know, um, many people touching many lives in their community and a a passionate handler that's willing to share their animal with others. Um, That's really a therapy animals have. So I would just like to express our gratitude, Molly, to you for helping us to spread the word about our organization and share ways that folks can either get involved as a handler, volunteer, um, uh, fundraising through our world's largest pet walk, and really just advocating for that special relationship, the human animal bond uh, that we know is just so very important. It is very, very important. And and this is such an, a great way to to touch people's lives with your pet. And, you know, not all cats are, are good candidates for it, but a lot of them are like, you know, Pico would be awesome at it. So I'm, I'm delighted that our listeners are, are being made aware that this is even a possibility and, uh, and out there doing it. So that's, that's great. And thank you both for joining me today. And um, maybe we'll have you back on and you can, or definitely at least send us your results of the world's largest pet walk that we can help share on our social media as well. We will definitely invite you to celebrate that with us. Thanks again, Molly. Great. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, ladies. And thank you everyone for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. 
You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.